G'day, what's up? It's Aiden Jones. You're listening to Sitting Under a Tree for Tuesday, the 26th of September, 2023. Bip, 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 boom. Yeah, that's right. That's right, man. That's how I'm starting the day. Bip, 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 boom. We're here. Man, uh, I had a fucking awesome day at work today. I met a great dude. We just chatted shit all day. Yeah, I'm feel. I'm still feeling good. I actually had a weird one yet. Oh, what? How are you guys? Sorry, sorry, sorry. I'm about to launch into my my stuff here. How are you? Are you well? Oh, you know what? Let's relax. Calm down. I've got a different tea today. I got. Wait. Oh, oh, jolly. Wowzers. I, uh, I've been getting HelloFresh the last few weeks and they've started sending me in my boxes a few tea bags from, what is it, Twinings? Yeah, but it's these different Twinings things. So this one's Sleep. And I don't remember what's in it. It's like bergamot and something and something. And it is just... I've been, you know what, man? I'm living a tea lifestyle at the moment. I'm just so chill. I don't need to be doing stuff that I don't need to be doing. You know what I did last Wednesday? That I think this might be honestly the first time in my life that I've ever done something like this. I had a long day at work and uh, I, uh, I just, it was stressful. It was like a 10 hour day. We had this one customer that just like, what was it? She was in a grumpy mood because I guess her life was bad. I don't know. But for whatever reason, she was just, you know, quite short with us and wasn't there with us to let us know the things that needed to happen. And it just made me feel like shit, you know. Um, She didn't communicate certain parts of the job and then... We had to stay longer than we would have needed to and parts of the job were just like really unreasonably difficult and it was all very bad. And it was at the end of quite a long day and it was just a hard job. And uh, so I just like, what was it? Oh, that's right. And then at the end of that, I also put in, rather than put home... Uh, I. I have on my Google Maps, I have like work and home set up as shortcuts so I can just go home and it takes me home or work and it takes me back to work. And the guys in the depot said, all right, guys, come home. And I guess I was just tired, not thinking and like had that in my head. So I just pressed home and then we drove in rush hour traffic for like half an hour towards my house. And then the depot were like, what are you guys doing? Because they have GPS on the, in the trucks. And I was like, oh, fuck. Yeah, straight up, like they called the guy I was with who I was driving and he was in the passenger and I was just like, as soon as they called, they were like, where are you guys? I was like, oh, I know exactly what's happened. I'm so sorry. And then that was, you know, they were annoyed about that and it's fair and I jump on my bike and I ride home and I had a gig that night booked for a hundred bucks, like, you know, in some other suburb, whatever. But I hadn't heard from the guy running the show who booked it like two months ago. So I just, 
I was like, I messaged him, no reply. And then I thought when I got home, I was like, I'm going to call him. And it was like seven o'clock and I was tired and I've been home for like an hour. And I went, man, um, what's the details on this gig tonight? Because I'm about to leave and I know where it is, but I haven't heard from you. So like, where is it or what's the deal? And I didn't hear back from him still. So I called him and I was like, dude, I just need, you know, and he, I was like, is this gig still on? He was like, oh shit, man, it's not. I'm in the Gold Coast. So thank God you called because it's, yeah, 100%. Don't go. It's not on. And I'm like, okay, great. I've got the night off. And I started thinking, I don't have a gig tonight. Then like five minutes, not even five minutes later, out of the blue, I'd done a gig with someone the night before. They run a room. They messaged me, hey, we've got to drop out. Do you want to come down? It's in Elstonwick. It's an hour and 10 minutes. But I just forever, I've been like, of course, yes. Like if I don't have a gig tonight, I'm fu- it's bad, you know. I need to be out doing gigs all the time. For whatever reason, it's not even a reason. I just, I like, I've been doing this 12 years and I'm past the point where going out every single night is going to be beneficial to me. I know I can get on stage. I know I can do it. What I need to be doing now is trying different shit every night. And on the Tuesday night, I'd had a great set. I'd done some new stuff and it was the start of this new five minutes that I've got now. But... I hadn't written anything because I just worked for 10 hours and I hadn't, you know, improved upon it or even thought about what I would do to improve upon it. So going out on the Wednesday, like I was doing it because I had a gig booked, but then to not have a gig booked, just like, well, great, I'll stay home and I'll just chill and rest after my long 10-hour day. Then I get this offer and it's like immediately I just said yes because I always do. I just always say yes. I always go out. I do the gigs because that's just what I do without thinking about it. It's like I owe this to myself or like I have some kind of thing that's like if I'm not doing that, I'm wasting my time. And, you know, I just have this really negative voice in my head. Like if you're not going out every night and doing gigs, you're a loser. You should be doing that or else you're not getting better. But it's at the point now where I'm not I'm not getting better by going out every night. I'm actually doing this myself a disservice and tiring myself out and not having the energy to work well at my job and to write new stuff. And if I'm going out without writing, I'm just saying the same shit. I've always said that. If I'm going out and I didn't write that day, I'm just saying the same shit that I said the night before and it's pointless. And I don't need seven minutes of stage time in Elstonwick. So I messaged back and I was just like, hey man, I don't need to do that. And, um, they were fine. They were like, yeah, totally. I was like, thank you for thinking of me. But like, I just, I don't, nah, I'm not going to come. I'm really tired. I had a long day at work and I'm going to stay home. And I don't think I've ever done that. But where I am in my life right now is I'm just, I've, I just know that I don't need to. And I don't need to put that pressure on myself. I can be kind to myself. How fucking, oh, oh. I don't need to go out and do some bullshit for no fucking reason. And I think that's why I feel happy today because I've just been letting myself have these moments. Like Thursday, I went on a date. It was fine. I'm not going to see her again. We're not going to see each other again. You know, it was, she was lovely. We had a nice time. We did some stuff and, uh, and then we said goodnight and it was just that. And I didn't feel the spark, but I went on a date. And in the past, I would have tried to fit comedy in around that. I would have gone on a date and then been like, hey, can we meet up like after this show? Because I've got a show. So like, 
you know, <laughs> tried to do it around an open mic. Friday, I went to, um, let me think, what's the best thing I've done this week? I think the best thing I've done this week, because I'm going to save that for last, the best thing I've done this week, or maybe I'll just say it now. I mean, you know what? So much great stuff has happened this week. I had therapy on, uh, when did I have therapy? I got my piano tuned. Uh, I was supposed to have, I, I think I got my piano tuned on Sunday. God damn it. It's really hard to remember. Or maybe that happened on, no that happened on friday i cancelled work on friday that's right you know what i'm just going to talk about friday why am i trying to i kind of annoy myself by like trying to order the podcast in my head and i know i've been doing that out loud lately it's something that's kind of crept into the practice but uh i don't want to do that so much you know i feel like it's kind of boring and pointlessly meta for no reason it's just like oh thinking out loud good on you <laughs> Why am I attacking myself? I should be attacking you guys, you fucking dorks. Are you enjoying the nice weather? It's been beautiful weather. I love the cold. I was saying to my housemate this morning, how nice would it be if it just stayed cold like this? And they were like, you know, they were like, man, you know, we predicted El Nino, but... um. Hey, turns out we had the fucking graph upside down. Actually, it's going to stay cold. Also, we need to be burning more fossil fuels. It's, you know, (laughs) we've been saying this whole time we need to get rid of fossil fuels and thank God for the big oil companies who have been ignoring our pleas because it turns out fossil fuels are the only thing keeping us alive. We need to burn more oil. Approve all the mines. How funny would that be? If like, I wonder if the people who have been protesting all the oil companies and shit would just be able to hold their hands up and go, you know what? (laughs) We were wrong. Turns out having all the money kind of concentrated in like a tiny, tiny percentage of the population is actually really good. (laughs) And it turns out that they're all just smarter than us and know how to run the world better. And uh, we shouldn't have anything. If anything, we should have less stuff. We'll be happier. We'll be happier in the long run because we don't know how to just be happy and free at the same time. We actually are happier when we're, you know, metaphorically and also literally in chains. Wouldn't that be funny? If it turns out that everything that we, you know, believe in... Man, Dan Andrews stepped down from being the the, uh, Premier of Victoria. How wild is that? I really like Dan Andrews. I think he's great. Why am I getting in a... What the fuck? I literally said to myself before I was reading it and I was like, I'm not going to get into politics because I don't know anything about it and it's not funny and who cares? (laughs) All that I have to say that's funny about politics is I remember in lockdown when I was working at Man With A Van, I think, what was I, was I reading something in my diary? Maybe I went through an old diary entry or something recently. I had a guy at one of my jobs go like, uh, hey, don't tell anyone, but I work for Woolies and Lynn Fox does all of our freighting and one of the one of the truck driver boys told me that Dan Andrews didn't actually fall down some steps. What it was, was he was at Lindsay Fox's house and he was hitting on Lindsay Fox's daughter because he was all drunk and Lindsay's fucking son 
fucking put his lights out. So like, you know, it's all a cover up. This guy genuinely believed it. And it was so funny because he was like, he went to say it to us. He was like, I hear a few things, you know, in my privileged position as manager of a Woolworths. (laughs) And when he said it, we were just like, oh yeah, cool, man. Anyway, where do you want the fridge? Like he was expecting us to be like, oh, sick, tell us. So he could be like, nah, I can't say. And because we didn't, we didn't give him shit. He was like, yeah, anyway, so here it is. (laughs) It's like, how powerless do you have to be in your life? that you work yourself up into thinking that like being manager of a Woolworths is somehow like, it's, that's real main character energy, isn't it? But like on a diluted, you know, some of us have main character energy, but we actually are the main character. For example, me, but this guy, he's crazy. I'm normal. I'm all good. Ah, <laughs> uh, mate. Um, anyway, fuck. I was, oh, so I went to the NGV on Friday. I went to the Pierre Bonnard, 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 Pierre Bonnard, Pierre Bonnard, fucking uh, exhibition, great, painting, paintings and shit, just beautiful stuff, I love the way the NGV does exhibitions that are like a, they're like a, a biography of the person alongside their art, because I think that you need to know a bit about a person's life to have the art make any sense and I'm actually learning uh, I I was listening to an audio book on Saturday night and I'm learning oh you know what I'll talk about Bonnard and then I'll talk about what I was listening to on Saturday night there's that fucking editorializing again by the way have you noticed that I haven't yawned yet on this week's podcast I was getting ready to and I was planning to because I don't want to do any editing I was like I'll just yawn and sing through the yawns like I did last week and I haven't yawned. Wait, now I'm talking about it. Here comes one. <laughs> I was going to sing like System of a Down. I was going to be like, wake up. I'm grabbing a bunch of little makeup. But then I realized that uh, you can't sing System of a Down with a yawn. There's a, yeah, there's yawn appropriate songs. And then there's songs that are not yawn appropriate. Man, Yes, I'm getting sidetracked. I like it because I don't know how interested I am about my in my trip to the NGV. Although I will get back to it. Um, I was watching... How funny is it how like worked up... You know what? Actually, this is a bit... I'm going to write this down. This is going to be a good bit. Uh, crazy people in comments. I was... Uh, this is a smart... This is, I reckon this is someone being very smart... I saw a TikTok the other day. My brother sent it to me actually. And it was a guy doing, oh, what was the song? It was a song in the style of System of a Down. Let me find it here. It's uh, it's Mr. Brightside. System of a Brightside, he's called it. And it's a guy who's like multi-instrumentalist. And he's playing, it's a, really an incredible talent to be able to do this. He's, he's made Mr. Brightside, the guitar, the drums, everything. Um in the style of System of a Down. It speaks to how great of a band System of a Down are that they have such an, a, a style that's easily recognised and then imitated. And it's a testament to how phenomenal a musician this guy is. That he, he's able to identify the elements that make up that style and then imitate it and play all the instruments and do everything. The singing, it's really good. It sounds... I'll, I'll, um, 
what will I do? I'll somehow fucking make a link for it in the show notes or something like that. Um, I'll put system bright side. And uh, so, yeah, that's right. My brother sent it to me as a reel and then I found the full version on TikTok. Anyway, the first comment is like someone going, this doesn't have any, like this doesn't sound like system of a down at all. What a fail. And it's like, what are you talking about? It sounds exactly like system of a down. You're a fucking idiot. And I'm genuinely, I'm convinced, maybe this is my conspiracy shit coming out. I'm convinced that that guy has gotten a friend. He's like, I've got this video. It's going to go viral. It'll be sick. But another part of going viral is you need someone to comment some kind of dissenting opinion to be like, this sucks. Or like, this doesn't sound like, you know, to start an argument. And, uh, so he's gotten a friend to go on there and be like, this doesn't sound like system of a down. So then all other people will comment underneath it and start an argument in the comments. And I just realized, Oh, I've had an idea on the podcast. Yes. A sip of tea is warranted. This week, I, uh, I've created a bit of like, I don't know if it's necessarily stand up yet, but it's definitely something cool. It's like a mashup of uh, Chopin's Nocturne and E flat major for the show, right? The new show. But I've noticed I'll put it in the, maybe I'll put that at the end of this. Um, yeah, I'll put it at the end of this pod this week. Um, I've noticed that it's very similar to like the, the way that Chopin's music is very intimate reminds me of hip hop and especially New York hip hop, which is also made to be played in intimate settings because the city is so small and pokey. And so I've done a mashup of Chopin's Nocturne in E flat major with The World Is Yours by Nas. And I'll put it at the end of this, just the audio. And um, I'm planning to actually, all right. Okay, everyone. Okay. Here's what we can do. I'm planning to post this on TikTok. I think I might post it on TikTok this week, actually. Can I get you guys to follow the Instagram and go on... I'll post from Sitting Under Podcast a link to the TikTok, right? And when I do, can you go on and post something in the comments that's like, hey, this is shit, or like, this doesn't sound like Nas, or something to start an argument. Can I can I weaponize my at the moment we're sitting on about seventy reliable downloads a week? Can I get you guys to follow the Instagram and when you see that you're fucking you're in action, all right? And um, let's get because I'll make it a TikTok and I'll make it go viral. So I'll put it and, and th- you know what? This is how we can do it and this is how I can make myself work because I don't know when I'll have time to do this because I'm working every day. But at some, maybe on Sunday I'll post the TikTok. So I'll put it at the end of this episode and between now and then you can listen to it. You can think about it and then think of what am I going to say in the comments of this that's like the douchiest thing possible to make it, you know? that's Isn't that sick? That's a really good idea. And we'll start an argument in the comments and then my TikTok's going to blow up and then you guys can be like, we fucking did that. And I'll be like, yeah, cunt, you fucking did. And I'll try and do it before the podcast comes out next week. And then, and like when I do it, I need you to fucking be like early. So I'll try and post it at a good time. 
Maybe I'll try and do it on Sunday. Keep a lookout on Sunday. I'll post on my Instagram and on my TikTok. Uh, sorry, I'll post on my personal Instagram and on the Sitting Under Podcast Instagram. Anyway, that's it. You get it, right? Um, fuck, that's a good idea, hey? Is that exciting? Do we like little group projects like this? Uh, <laughs> anyway, the other one, the comment section that I think will be a bit, is... Um, Fuck, this is so crazy. There's page kook slams that I follow. It's basically just people getting axed in the water. Any kind of water-related stack or just, you know, jet skis, surfing, people being a dick on surfboards, people dropping in on each other, people falling down like waterfalls, doinking their head on rocks. (laughs) Smooth rocks though, not like nasty rocks. Um, it's a real funny page. It's got like a million likes on Instagram. It got mentioned on, um, uh, Tom Segura and Burt Kreischer's podcast, insane stuff. So their most recent one was a video of a boat going over some waves and the front of the boat goes up and someone's not holding on. And so they go up with the boat and then the boat goes down and it goes down faster than them. So they fall onto the part of the boat that they were sitting on and they must fall like a good fucking, I don't know, six, eight feet. Like it's hectic. And the song that they overlaid, (laughs) some of them are like, that's pretty funny. Some of them are like, man, that person just got fucked up. And I think that's part of the beauty of the page. Go check it out, man. K-O-O-K slams. It's the most recent one. And the song that they put with the footage is I Believe I Can Fly, (laughs) which is so brutal because that person really got fucked up. Anyway, funny, just a bit of funny, memeable Instagram content. And then the first comment was someone go, let me fucking find it because it was just like the level of cunt on this comment, the level of just like self-importance is really astonishing. Where is it? Uh, here we go. The comments. Is it still first comment? Yes. This person's put, can we not reference R. Kelly anymore, please? Those girls were literally locked in a hotel. (laughs) Which like, yeah, sure. Yes, totally. But like, fuck man. Can we just enjoy a guy falling onto a boat? (laughs) Anyway, I, the her comment has 50 comments on it and I read the, all of them. So I guess I'm a fucking idiot. I just, I didn't do anything yesterday, man. Monday, you know, one of those days, like I just woke up and then I went to bed and anything in between, it was just anyone's game. I, I did some cooking for the week. I went to my piano lesson. I did my gig, but honestly, most of the day, fucking b- nothing, absolutely nothing. And I just felt like a piece of shit. I was scrolling Instagram for ages. And so I read all of these comments. And like by the bottom of the comments, <laughs> the just people are arguing about trans people. <laughs> it's just like, man, this is good stuff. And the comments are getting long. The lady who originally commented, it's a day later. She's still commenting. I went onto her profile just to see what she was like. I don't know what these other guys are like. They're fucking all idiots as well. Oh my God. Like here, I'll just take a random one, right? (laughs) 
this is, remember, this is in the comments of a video of a guy falling onto a boat, right? Just like 40 comments deep. We're at James Raymond 91 says, at Veronica Quinn, wrong. Where's the proof they kill themselves because of bullying apparently from people like me? No, you don't. But with logic and facts, I can prove in a few sentences that there's a trend and a mental health issue right now. <laughs> I mean, it doesn't get much better than that, does it? Fucking how good's the internet, man? You know what? Cook us all to death, I reckon. Flip that chart upside down. Burn all the oil we can. We're fucking idiots. And I'm an idiot for reading it because I read all of those comments and I'm sitting there going like, yeah, man, these guys are so dumb. Just like sitting on my porch at 3 p.m. on a Monday. <laughs> So, yeah, maybe I'll try that as a bit. Maybe I'll try it tonight at the gig that I have. Oh, God. Anyway, so what was I talking about? Um, I went to the NGV. I went to Pierre Bernard. Yeah, what I did, I loved learning about his life and um, all the paintings. Paintings and shit you see in Idiocracy, you know, when the uh, the sex worker that he gets, that the army get to go back in time, she's trying to pretend to uh, Luke Wilson, the main guy that, She's embarrassed that she's a sex worker. He's like, what do you do? She's like, little of this, little of that. Oh, you're an artist. Oh, cool. My friend's an artist. Yeah, what do you do? What kind of art do you do? Do you do like paintings? She's like, yeah, paintings and shit. <laughs> yeah, yeah, paintings. I don't know. Oh, yeah, what kind of stuff do you paint? I don't know. Fruit and shit. <laughs> yeah, that's right. People and fruit and shit. Anyway, uh, I loved, I really liked his early stuff, The Streets of Paris. He just did some works of just like the life, you know, like walking around the streets of Paris, seeing the minute of daily life, watching people go to and fro. He was a flaneur, which I've only just learned in French means like a stroller, a walker, just a guy with nothing to do. That was what I was yesterday before my piano lesson. My teacher lives in North Melbourne and I was there like an hour early. So I thought maybe I'll just find a nice place to duck into. I went to like four different pubs that I know, all shut. I didn't really want to go to Prudence. I couldn't be bothered. I've been there a million times. But like Bobby Peels was shut. Uh, the Vic Hotel was shut. Uh, the Last Jar was shut. Uh, there was another one. I can't remember. <sighs> Whatever. I was just walking around, but I wasn't in a good mood. I was annoyed because I felt like I hadn't done anything that day. And then I was walking around feeling myself just do nothing again. And um, anyway, that's what Pierre Bonnard was. I guess he was he was happier and talked about his process. And then it, what I liked through his life was that he went from painting the streets of the city, which is really a young man's game, you know, like he's walking around the city just watching people. And then he got a bit older and he started painting the countryside because he got this house with the lady who he spent most of his life with and uh, they were out in the countryside and he started painting these views of the countryside. And then at some point much later in his life, he'd painted a lot of the countryside and those views and I, he was good friends with, uh, with Monet who was doing the water lilies and they used to bro out together and talk about painting and fucking whatever. I don't know. 
I don't know, man. I don't know. I just fucking, I was just hanging out with him. He's just defending, hanging out with his friend to his partner. I don't know, man. We're just talking about fucking paintings and shit. Fuck. Get off of my fucking case. There's no evidence of anything of that nature in their relationship. I'm sure they were very happy. Um, but then towards the end of his life, he painted inside and out. So he painted a lot of stuff to do with like, you know, his daily life. And he did some stuff of people and his partner who they were together for like 30 years and they had this kind of special, she was a bit of a muse for him in his work. But yeah, towards the end of his life, he started painting from the inside with parts of the inside of the house and those still lifes, but then looking out a window into the world. And just like, it's almost, I never really thought about it like this until right now, but it almost shows you like it reflects the kind of life that a person lives if their art is just a reflection of their life and it's their way of processing the world which for this guy it seems like it was when he was young he's in the city and he's painting the city and then when he gets a bit older he realizes that you don't need that and he goes with his lady and he's painting the interior of his house or outside and nature and then eventually, because he's because he's like looking outside himself a bit more. And then eventually, he's painting the inside of his house and outside of nature in one painting. Ah, oh, but he's like not trapped in the rat race of the city anymore. He's not painting that stuff in Paris because he's not there. He is a little bit, but not really that much. He's painting trees and just fucking beauty, beauty, man. Oh, really beautiful. And I bought, I went to the gift shop. I was like, don't buy anything. You don't need to buy anything. <laughs> I was like, I'll buy a postcard. There was a really nice, like, uh, perfume there. I was like, maybe I'll buy that. I sprayed some on my wrist. It smelled, f it had bergamot in it. I fucking love bergamot. Cunt. Give me some bergamot and I'm a happy, I'm a happy man. I love the shit out of some. I love the shit out of some bergamot. Me. Maybe I'll go back there when I got more money and buy my ass some of that. Oh God! Also, this week, you know, another thing I want to buy. Maybe I'll make that the photo for this week's podcast. I want to buy the third kit of Venezia, the fucking second league, uh, Serie B, second league Italian football team. Their, oh my God, their fucking clothing is so sick. Their third kit is a long sleeve. It's like dark blue and white horizontal stripes with a red collar and a golden V for Venezia. Oh my God. I want to make that the photo for this week. I screenshotted it and put it in like three different group chats. It is the sexiest shit. And the promo photo is like five guys all wearing it in a gondola. <laughs> In Venice, you know? Oh, it's just so fucking dope. Anyway, I'm just thinking about all purchases that I don't need to make because I haven't even got my first paycheck from since being back yet. My money's just... Whip, 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 whip. Anyway, don't worry about it. I owe the bank fucking 10 grand. <laughs> yeah, man, let me buy a football top. Killer. 
<laughs> this guy I was working with today told me a story about how his brother's just like a bit of a dummy, but just like a great dude. And uh, said, no, that's right. No, it's not his brother. It's his, it's his sister's boyfriend, whatever. They're both just kind of dummies, but they got hearts of gold and they got a kid and they're just doing their thing, living in the country. And he goes, <laughs> his sister was like, man, my fucking uh, uh, his sister was telling him he's like like Thingo came home you know what he did he bought a fucking bike he wanted a bike he went to the bank he wanted 13 grand for a loan they talked him up to 20 so now he's got the bike and then he had the bike for a bit they realised that he didn't even know what the repayments were <laughs> I hope this is okay telling this story it'll never get back to the guy he doesn't even have my social media and even him it's his brother-in-law whatever it's not really my story but it was just so fucking awesome he goes he doesn't even know how much the repayments are on the loan (laughs) he didn't even look he just signed (laughs) he just signed up for 20 grand bought this bike because he wanted a motorbike and then realized they couldn't afford it so he sells it and then what does he do he comes home with a boat (laughs) he sells the bike he buys a boat he can't he doesn't have a trailer to put the boat on, just this dinghy, so he's pushing it around and he fucks it up. <laughs> Trying to push it in the back of his truck. <laughs> and it's just like, man, these guys don't give a fuck about global warming, do they? And they are so much happier. Dude, should I care about global warming? Like, yes, sure, you know, we're all going to burn alive and oil's bad. But like, they're doing it anyway. We can't do anything. Oh, to just be a man who owes the bank 20 grand. <laughs> just pushing it. And you know what? I almost am that man. I owe the bank 10 grand. And what have I got to show for it? Fucking nothing. A letter to my fucking dad. <laughs> What a beautiful thing. But I'm happy. I am. I'm happy. I'm like Pierre Bonnard, you know, just doing art about my life. Who cares? Who fucking gives a fuck? Just doing my little podcast, talking to you guys, trying to put a TikTok up and organize my meager followers to do some cynical start an argument in the comments section so my TikTok's going to blow up. And you know what? I'm proud. I'm proud to be this man and live this life. I love it. I do, man. I'm very, I'm really happy right now. So, um, anyway, I'm in the gift shop and I got, uh, I saw a puzzle and I don't know if you guys have been listening since lockdown, but I was doing a 3000 piece puzzle in lockdown. And honestly, that time, even though I couldn't do stand up, was one of the happiest times of my life. I think just, I have such fond memories of sitting in my room with the door closed, not wanting to talk to my housemate. Cause the guy I lived with was a fuckhead and I just didn't want anything to do with him. Just locking myself in my room for hours every night after dinner and listening to old WTF podcasts when Marin was still figuring his life out and just doing this 3000 piece jigsaw. And it is a, a Herculean task to do a 3000 piece jigsaw. I don't know if you ever ever attempted one of these. It's wild. And I saw that jigsaw and I was like, you know what? I've deconstructed my life. I've got all the bullshit out. I'm not trying to be famous or get rich or whatever the fuck. So I reckon I have time 
to do a jigsaw once a week maybe and I'll even par I'll, I'll even like blend in some work with it so that's what I did I bought the jigsaw on Friday night Saturday I worked another long day came home and I was like do I want to go out and watch comedy tonight and my immediate answer was absolutely not you know what I want to do I want to crack this jigsaw open chuck some candles on fucking have myself a tea and I I got this Chopin the life and works um audiobook it's not available in Australia but I just put a VPN on so I could get it got it and uh I was just listening to that learning about Chopin and what I learned about Chopin and here we are back to where I promised we would get to I probably told you I fucking told you I learned that Chopin was a big, his whole thing apparently was like, it shouldn't matter what happened in the person's life and their biography. You should just be able to enjoy the art without knowing anything about the person because that should stand for itself and you can know everything that you need to know through that. And you know what? That's how he wants his art to be enjoyed. But I fucking disagree. I absolutely disagree. I think a person's life absolutely informs the art that they make. And um, I mean like Bonard, right? I mean like maybe you could tell about his life. If you look at all of his paintings, you could tell when he was a young man, he was in the city. And then when he was a bit older, he was looking inside his house. No, I think that's what it was. It wasn't that he was looking inside his house and in nature. He was in the city. And then he was in his house and then in the last period of his life, he looked out the window to nature. And by the end of his life, the last painting that he painted, that's right, oh man, and he painted from memory. He wouldn't stand in front of the thing and paint on site. He carried around a little sketchbook and he would make drawings, just quick sketches of stuff. And like when he was in his 30s, he taught himself again how to sketch. Because in art school, he, did, he they learned how to sketch, but he didn't like it. And so he went back and he was like, and there was a thing about how he uh, normally, what did he say? He said something like, um, like color is the foundation and then sketching is like the expression. And apparently often in art, it's the other way around that they think that the sketch and the found, like the, the shape of a thing is the foundation and then the color is what gives it expression. But he thought of it the other way around. Anyway, that's not important. He didn't paint on location in front of all the stuff that he was painting. He would make these drawings and he didn't get like his, the people that he painted to sit for things because he wasn't interested in painting it the way that it was in front of him. He was interested in conveying what he wanted to convey and conveying the essence of the person. What did he say about art? I want to find out because it was really beautiful. This guy fucking rocked, man. Dude, the NGV, Bonnard quote. Painting has to get back to its original goal, examining the inner lives of human beings. That's pretty good. Are there any more? There's, there's got to be more. Fuck off. Top 25 quotes by Pierre Bonnard. Uh, I'm just beginning to understand what it is to paint. A painter should have two lives, one in which to learn and one in which to practice his art. That's true. That's true. An artist, I've been practicing my art 
for 12 years and I've not been learning about life. That's great. Let's find some more. The precision of naming takes away from the uniqueness of seeing. That's beautiful, isn't it? Imagination is merely the exploitation of our memory. You cannot possibly invent painting all by yourself. Yep, that's about learning. It's about learning, man. Uh, There was one. Oh, that's drawing is feeling. Color is an act of reason. That's nice. But where's the one that I'm talking about? The artist who paints the emotions creates an enclosed world. The picture, which is like which, like a book, has the same interest no matter where it happens to be. Such an artist, we may imagine, spends a great deal of time doing nothing but looking both around him and inside him. Oh. The most, the important thing is to remember what most impressed you and to put it on canvas as fast as possible. Beautiful. One always talks of surrendering to nature. There is also such a thing as surrendering to the picture. Here, this is it. This is it. Oh, maybe it's not. What I am after is the first impression. I want to show all one sees on first entering the room what my eye takes in at first glance. Yeah, man. This guy, dude, he fucking rocked. And so when he was... um, when he was painting, rather than, you know, sit there and look at the thing for ages and notice all the details, he would just make the quick sketches, go away, and then paint the thing from memory, but not try and remember the thing, try and remember what it was about the thing that made him feel something and and then convey that onto the canvas. Isn't that beautiful? And I guess, yeah, sorry, I'm just thinking again about, the start of his life, he painted the streets of Paris. And then as we went further into his life, he was painting. I mean, let's even see. You know what? Maybe I'll be able to fucking make a little story out of this for the Instagram. Because I took a bunch of photos of the day. Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. And I painted them pretty much. Uh, sorry, I, I like took photos in succession. So at the start, we've got the streets of Paris. People, great. And he was part of this kind of young art clique. He's got his uh, his friend's wife there with the dog in the room. He's got a beautiful photo of this person, just like a little girl playing the streets of Paris. Then he's like starts to get influenced by Japanese stuff. So he's looking out. He's uh, like paintings of people at dinner, right? Getting a bit more internally focused. He's got people. He's got dinner tables. So it's like... He was on the, all right, he's on the streets first. Then he's got dinner tables. He's hanging out with friends. He's enjoying time with the people that he cares about. It's inside. He's noticing that part of life. He's noticing other people on the street. Then there was a point where he moved and he's with this lady and he's painting like her sprawled out naked on a bed. He's paintings of her. He's got these rooms that he's in. And then towards the end of his life, these beautiful works of just like the still lifes in the room, looking out the window. The the um, the jigsaw that I got was one of my favorites. And um, actually, I had this idea. I know I got to fucking end soon. I've been crapping on, man. Jesus Christ, this is a long one. I've got this um, picture of Diego Maradona up on my wall that my ex from a couple of years ago 
gave me and uh, she gave it to me, I think for my birthday that year because I'd been talking about Maradona so much and it's a beautiful picture but it's been on the wall for a long time and, you know, it reminds me of her and I, whatever, you know, our lives have diverged. It's nice but like I'm not going to chuck it out but I'll probably just roll it up Um, and I think what I'm going to do is finish this jigsaw and then set it figure out how to set it in glue because it's an uh, it's this piece of art and it's also like i love going and learning about artists because i just think about myself and my own path as an artist and it gives me uh like a bit of inspiration i guess and courage to keep going because the idea of art is not i mean it's the creating of the art but it's also just the process and the lifestyle here's another quote from this guy where was it there was one up here that i did what attracted me was less art itself than the artist's life and all that it meant for me. The idea of creativity and freedom of expression and action. I had been attracted to painting and drawing for a long time, but it was not an irresistible passion. What I wanted at all costs was to escape the monotony of life. Come on, man. That's it, isn't it? Because life can be monotonous at times. It can be hard to just go to work and come back and do your fucking thing and doing art is a way to think about the boring stuff that is life and and create something out of it that's beautiful <sighs> anyway shut the fuck up <laughs> you fucking oh my god shut up <laughs> Really, Aiden, is that what you're doing when you go down to the fucking ESPY on a Monday night and do shout comedy at 15 people? Fucking... Anyway, here's the best thing that's happened to me this week. Uh, which is a fun, this is a funny story. Uh, the North London Derby was on uh, Sunday night and boy, was it a corker. Up the fucking spurs, mate. We had a great, a very valuable away draw uh, to uh, to the the low dog scum of Arsenal Football Club, and um, I met up with my uh, friend who's an Arsenal fan, and we were trying to figure out where we were going to watch the game and are we going to watch the game together? Because the weird thing about being a football fan in Australia is there's not enough people here for you to be able to pick friends based on what team people go for. If you got people who are into soccer, like I don't have any close friends who follow the same team as me, but I like connecting with people over football so yeah i just i'm friends with people from like all other teams or whatever so uh we were trying to figure out where we were going to watch it because we wanted to watch it together but you know i'm not going to an arsenal pub i want to be around all spurs and he was feeling weird about coming to the spurs pub so we had dinner beforehand and then he decided he was going to come and watch the game at the spurs pub and that was nice, you know, a nice concession to friendship from him, magnanimous. I appreciated it because I was glad to hang out with him. So we had dinner at this sick joint, Soy 38, in a parking garage in Melbourne. It's kind of semi-famous joint, really cool. And at dinner, I haven't seen the guy in a few months. We were just catching up and he goes, man, I've got a few mushroom caps. I got one each. I, I brought myself one and I thought maybe I'll bring you one too. So I've got one if you want it. And one would just be enough to get like a bit silly, but not crazy. And I was like, you know what, man, that sounds fucking sick. So we took the mushroom caps. We go to the pub, meet up with a few other Spurs guys. The game, fantastic. I mean, at the time, nerve shredding stuff, really uncomfortable. They scored, then we scored, then they scored, then we scored. And it was a draw, 2-0. And that was what we wanted because 
you know, no one gave us a, a shot in hell before the game. All the pundits were saying, nah, Spurs are going to get blown away. But we've been playing really good and I was very proud to be... Uh, I am really am proud to be, like, to follow Tottenham Hotspur. It's great. It's a great thing. There's a community. I feel a part of the community. I actually, little bit of a brag here, um, this evening... Uh, going to be a guest on my favourite Tottenham Hotspur podcast, The Fighting Cock, because they want people to talk about our Australian manager, Ange Postacoglu, from an Australian perspective. And me and another Australian guy are going to talk about what it's like to be an Australian football fan and then also to be a fan of Spurs now that we have the first Australian manager in the Premier League and how exciting that is and the mood in Australia around Ange and football fans generally and all this stuff. So... Um, but, you know, I'm, I'm into it, right? And especially this season. It's very exciting. And uh, football is just a vehicle for you to express any kind of emotion that's out there in your life, whether it's hatred or joy or whatever. It's just a kind of way to draw that out of you. And these games against bitter rivals draw out a lot of anger. Like I, when we scored the second goal, I turned around to my friend and I just fucking put the finger in his face and went, fuck you. And... Um, Anyway, after the game, you know, we hugged and it was too old. It's a draw, whatever. And I go home. I'm riding my bike home, and uh, I posted. There's a there's a pundit called Paul. Uh, called yeah, uh, Paul Merson. Merson, what's his? Is it Paul? I think it's Paul Merson. Um, this just shows how much I shouldn't have been emotionally invested in this. I don't even know the guy's name. But before the game, he'd been saying about how Spurs are going to get torn to shreds, and he's Arsenal and whatever. So I was like you know fuck you you're just saying that because of whatever you're one-sided and at the end of the game i posted in a different football chat i was just like fuck you paul merson you fucking cunt (laughs) which is insane behavior and uh then a friend of mine in there who's an arsenal fan replied back like you know some nice thing that paul merson had done so maybe he's not a cunt and i was like sitting there like the comment section you know I let myself get drawn into it because I was so emotional after the game and it was right after the game and I formulated this fucking snarky argumentative reply to be like, you're wrong, I'm right, fuck you and sent it and then I was like, what am I doing? Why have I sent that? There's other people in the group chat. That's kind of embarrassing for me to be like this angry football fan in our chat and I deleted it and then just put underneath it. I deleted my two angry argumentative comments and then just put, hey man you're right with a love heart and private messaged him and I was like hey dude I'm sorry for being a dick and then I started thinking about my mate who had come to the game and I was like man I hope that wasn't like awful of me to be you know like I hope he felt comfortable I hope he wasn't like I hope he didn't feel weird about coming to an Arsenal pub and uh, sorry to a Tottenham pub and his Arsenal and me putting my finger in his face when we scored like I hope that didn't make him feel shitty and I messaged him I was like dude I hope you're all good like you know I really loved hanging out with you tonight and I'm riding my bike home texting while riding also not good and especially not good because the next thing I realized that made me laugh was like oh I took mushrooms (laughs) at the start of this night and I forgot because it was a light dose and the emotion and the focus of watching the football and being around all these people in the pub meant that I didn't feel that I was tripping And then I'm riding my bike home, feeling all emotional and empathetic about my friends and thinking about football and its role in my life. And I'm like, oh, dude, it's the psilocybin, you fucking idiot. Stop texting while riding, focus on the road and get home safely. 
Anyway, that's it. I reckon that's the podcast for this week. Yeah, man. I'm going to make the audio of this video of me doing a mashup of Nas's um, The World Is Yours with me playing uh, the left hand of Chopin's Nocturne in E-flat major. You hear it all, the explanation and whatever. And then later this week, I'm going to post that to TikTok and I'm going to link you guys. I'd post it to Instagram Reels, but it's like three minutes long and they won't, you know, you can't get long enough on Reels. So fuck them, I'm just doing TikTok. You guys are going to go on TikTok, please and start an argument in the comments just say how the video is shared or how you know it doesn't work or this is a stupid mashup or like that's not a nas song even that just be like that's not nas just be wrong be like that's not nas that's tupac <laughs> and then people will just correct you um yeah do that and we'll see if that works to get me more views anyway what's the name of this podcast fucking Oh, what is the name of this podcast? Crazy people in the comments. Let's call it that. Yeah, crazy people in the comments. Because I wrote that earlier. And the photo is going to be those Venezia tops. And that's it. I hope you guys are having a good week. Uh, enjoy this bit coming up. And other than that, thank you very much. This has been Aiden Jones sitting under a tree. Bye-bye. sings and then we have this the bass notes and the chords underneath that are like the canvas for the melody to sing over and I've been thinking about so Chopin um, played only like four, uh, 50 something like that 50 public concerts in his life um, that were to large audiences mostly he was playing in small rooms he invented chamber music so it's like small kind of private rooms in people's houses and um because of that, the music is very personal. It reflects the small spaces that it was played in. And he's a, it's very personal. It's very intimate music. And it's a lot like, it reminds me a lot of the hip-hop that I used to listen to, 90s New York hip-hop, which is also made to be played and, like, it's from small spaces. New York is such a claustrophobic place. It's small spaces. It doesn't feel like West Coast hip-hop that's for, like, driving around in a car on the open highway. New York is claustrophobic. The buildings are on top of you. And the music feels like it's made to be listened to, you know, in a room or, like, in a, on stoop with, like, ten guys, right? So, also, another thing they have in common is this on the bottom... It's kind of like a beat, right? It's the canvas for Chopin to speak over the top of. The only difference 
is this is written in three. It's three beats to the bar. And uh, hip-hop is in four. So, if you just add a beat to this... Thank you. 